Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everyone's listening to the podcast, which is called Trapped Under Plastic. Rebecca Black, everybody. Yeah, but this podcast doesn't come out on a Friday. I know, but it's Friday right now. I just ruined your whole Google search on what are the lyrics to Friday. Dude. Friday. (laughs) I couldn't remember the lyrics. They're very complicated, okay? Rebecca spent a lot of time getting those lyrics like just perfectly, like they're high IQ, okay? You want to feel better about yourself, do a little Google search on on what's happened to her life since that song. Oh, did she? Because I tell you what. Is it bad? Um, that's that's the pinnacle of of her lyric writing prowess, dude. Is that song? Because okay. she's come up with other doozies. Okay, seriously? Oh yeah, and they are all horrible. Okay, shout out to Rebecca Black. That song is in the halls of YouTube fame. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's I'm great sh- to watch. I'm sure she's listening, so she'll appreciate that. <laughs> shout out to you, Rebecca. <laughs> we're fans. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just, I was, I just we stole were it. We the same both thing. sucked in at the same time. All right, hold on. I'll, you start the word well, and I'll end it. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Welcome <laughs> to the podcast for the hobby. In- what? Miniature painting enthusiast? Yeah. Miniature hobby enthusiast? I'm Scott. This is John. And we're here. To assault your ear canals. John, lead us We've off. already started. Oh, yeah. We kind of screamed a little bit already. Yeah. What's on the Pramble Ramble? I'm just, I'm like eclipsed by this giant shadow of a box that's leering over me from wow. behind. What box? I don't know. Oh! Oh, look at that! There's a Dominion box on set. I was sent one early and didn't do anything with it because I'm not a good YouTuber. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Dominion box later on in the episode, mm-hmm. but you guys have probably already seen everybody and their sister do an opening up of the box. Yeah, you know what's inside of it. What's in the box? I loved Goob's... Nice. Okay, I got the reference. Okay. Uh, I loved Goob's video on it where he was like... He, he talked about how he hated the unboxing videos and how he was like... He's like, the Packers did a good job. Everything is in there. Confirmed. And then he closed the box. And then I was like, okay... We're done. But it was just like, it's just talking about how like ludicrous unboxings are. I, I don't know. I've never liked them. There's like a, do you remember like the, I don't know if it's the original channel, but one of the most popular channels for unboxing is called Unbox Therapy. Oh, no. Because um, they, they do all sorts of weird stuff, true. Like, is it, or is it just board games? Or is it really miniature stuff? Unbox Therapy? Yeah. Unbox Therapy doesn't do any stuff, stuff like about board games. It's more like cameras and iPhones and things oh, like that. Yeah. But like the guy made a massive YouTube career out of being like one of the largest and, and you know, most prol- prolific unboxers. And I've always thought that's just so weird. It's like you, you literally unbox a product. I don't, the only value I've found in an unboxing ever is when I have to like unbox a huge board game and then fit it all back into the box. Ugh. I watch an unboxing in reverse. You just put it in reverse? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, and then I figure out how to put it together. I've done it for like Blood Rage and for the other Seven Daily Sins. It works. Dude, there is some truth to that of shit in a box to get it back in the box. It's like, there's no box. way in a box. Dick in a box. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to get that back in. I don't know how to get all my minis back in. <laughs> um, I, I don't understand that. I, like, how sweet of a job is that to be probably like a millionaire from opening up boxes. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, we can make anything sound stupid. Um, I'm sure the people out there that enjoy it. I don't like it. Do you like unboxing videos? No. No. Okay. Well, if you like them, let us know why in the, the, in the comment section below. Maybe John will make one on his channel. Yeah. I'll, I'll unbox. Unbox the minion. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, there's no better content that's going to succeed than a Dominion unboxing six months after the game is out. 
but yeah, it was funny too, is because you 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 like you's like, oh, I got the box. I'm like, oh, sh- Nikes. It seemed early for GW. I'm like, wow, it's early for GW because as of recording this, they they're not even gonna be up for pre order until tomorrow, and then it's a two week pre order for yes. for GW. So my thought was like, oh gosh, they're gonna have the NDA come up, you know, like one week into the pre order or something. So that give you like a week, and I'm like, oh man, I. When's the NDA come up? And you're like, Monday? This was on like a like Saturday. Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It was like two or it was like three days, I think. I had to do something. And I was in the middle of making a different video. So I just kind of. What do you. What? Do they not understand how much work it takes? Are like, we talking about this now or later? Okay, fine. Well, we'll get on to this later because this is exactly what I was going to have us talk about later. Well, why don't we just do it now? Let's just get out of the way. Just rip the bandaid off. I mean, that's essentially what Goobs was saying in his video. He's like, if you want good videos to be made about your product that are like really hype, like give us two weeks, like yeah. minimum to make a video. Because yeah. I mean, like like me, I was in the middle. I'm not going to stop making this video and then start doing that. Some people might, but I, I did, it's hard for me to do because I have like this huge fucking mess here, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to clean it up, make a different mess for the video that I do for this and then remake the mess for finishing this like it's just like i'm i'm not gonna do that yeah um and, and that's i mean that's all just assuming that we're just talking about base level amount of time to build a model or multiple models paint them yeah record all the footage write a script edit all the footage and get it out yeah you know that's, that's like base at least level. a week that yeah. and, and that's base level that's not me actually getting the product Going through it, absorbing it, figuring out a unique idea. Yeah. Like, that's just baseline. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess in technically in 48 hours, you could put out a video, but it's not really, I mean, it's not showcasing and actually being a good piece of marketing for your company. Yeah. Just, not fully reviewing the product and giving like a full opinion on it, like right. that you would form from painting it and spending time with yeah. it and stuff like that. You don't in 48 hours really even have enough time to read the rules and understand the rules. Cause that's one of the things is all the new rule changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vince just came out with a video this week where they spent four hours going through all the rules and the Damn. changes. And he's got like a 58 slide PowerPoint with a breakdown and what, what's changed, what matters, what's minor changes, what's insignificant, what's very significant. I, I mean, he can't even do that in, in 40. I mean, he's Vince, so I'm sure he could, but um, <laughs> that's, it's just so much to to actually have such a minor blip on the radar for how many of those boxes that they sent out. Not that they sent one to me. Not that I'm spicy dog because I didn't get one. But dude, um, I was the same way with Curse City. I was so fucking salty that I didn't get one. So yeah. I feel you. Yeah, I didn't get a Curse City either. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fine. That's I, fine. I had a thought. Why haven't you made like a gaming video on your channel? Like like top five reasons why. Legions in the Gash, or whatever you want to call them, are good, and you you can describe some of the strats and have some cool pictures of like you know your troops or top five reasons why OCR bone reapers are cool or, or why they're lame or whatever. Why don't you make a gaming video? Because no one's gonna watch that. No, no, no one's gonna watch it. Why don't you think that? Because anytime you segment yourself to a very specific topic that's related to a game, you immediately narrow down your audience to just the people that are already interest, interested in that topic. But there are lots of them. That are interested in Age of Sigmar. I'd get like 5,000 views in the first day on that video. Guaranteed. It would not do well. It would do more than 5K. Nope. Okay. And I'm not going to make it to test that theory. Why not? <laughs> if I would do something on gaming, it would be more widespread. 
I feel like now is the time to experiment with your channel. If there ever was a time, it's now. Okay. I mean, yeah. Because you, you still got the you get the pad of your job still. Sure. All sure. the money you're making is extra. Yeah, that's true. I, don't I, know. Don't I think know. you should try it out. I, but then I, I'm, I'm only like a half step away from lore videos in that point. I can't do that. No, it's too you, close to lore. You could put see lore videos to be a lore video. It needs to include literally two JPEGs <laughs> and just talk over them. And when you shoot video, you're getting at least thirty JPEGs a second. So, right. uh, so yeah, you know, you you win there already. Oh right. I'm right, just right. kidding. I love you, lore channels. Mm. That makes one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch them, but like, I can appreciate what they do. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that they exist and there are people that really like that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to um, sniff this Tamiya thinner right now rather than make a lore video. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's get on to the other preamble ramble topics. Instead not, of the, none of this instead is preamble of the, ramble. Yeah, this was supposed to be newsy news. <laughs> this is pre-preamble ramble. Yeah, yeah, we're back to the season of the preamble, <laughs> pre-ramble, pre-preamble ramble. All right, me and John hung out. Yeah, we a little did hobby a hobby sesh. Yeah, Amber's I, gone on a vacay. Yeah, I put together a Razorwing jet fighter. Well, not all of it, but some of it while I was there. I fucking love this thing. It's super cool. I don't know. Yeah, I to me, this is... I was thinking about it, and I was like, is this the most Dark Eldar design ever? Yeah. I feel like a, I feel like this or the Reaver jet bikes are. I feel like if someone, like, there's, like, a home invasion in your house, and, like, someone broke in, and you're down here working, and they, like, run down the stairs, you could just stab them with the wing, yeah, right in the absolutely. jugular. Absolutely, yeah. I could gouge out several eyes. With that is, model. And that is the real true mark of a Dark Elder. <laughs> How many eyes can you gouge out? Yes. <laughs> you just, like, you put meat hooks connected to chains, and you just <laughs> stick it into their leg meat and stuff. Dude, screw meat hooks. Just get these things attached to chains. <laughs> Like hang on the, just hang them up by your fucking scaffolding in here. We have a cattle on raising jet fighters. They just go back to assembling your models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you did this to yourself, buddy. <laughs> What'd you do while you we were hanging out, John? Oh God. Well, first I started assembling more of my night lords, mm -hmm. and and then we got talking about the miniature painting competition for creature caster and how mad I was that my vid my pictures look like garbage. And so for the next three hours after that, I spent <laughs> trying to set up the ideal photo conditions. Dude, it was so entertaining. I was just sitting there just, just scraping old lines. John's like taking clamps and pieces of wood and backdrops and just making something. Yeah. And this was all built around my light. I wanted the lights like these yeah. over my painting area and I'm like, I'm not moving my light. I'm going to make the rest of the environment work around this light. Yeah. And then after about two and a half hours, he decided, <laughs> we're just going to move the light. <laughs> if I would have done that in the very beginning. It would have been like 30 minutes. It would have been like 30 minutes. Yeah. We ended up getting things dialed in about as close as I think is possible based on the environment, but mostly the camera restrictions. I yeah. Think. I think there's some issues with that around coloration that's probably just due to limitations of the camera. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but they look really nice. And maybe are you going to share those photos on social media as well? I mean, might as well, right? Yeah. I mean, I probably you seem should. apprehensive. I, I probably should just so then like if I like we'll put a little pressure on Creature Cash to make sure I place. Be like, hey, oh, look, right. the whole world has seen this dragon now. Yeah. Now yeah. you better give me first place. A little no. blackmailing going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I that's how I roll. That's how I do everything <laughs> in life. Don't be the best. Don't try hard. Just blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. Just I love a good BM. <laughs> All right. I didn't like that. 
<laughs> Moving on. I mean, I like a good BM too. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I And we had cheeseburgers. We went out for cheese curds, fries, and cheeseburgers. Some good cheese. The best, honestly, the best cheese curds I've ever had. They're so good. Are cheese curds not like a thing in other parts of America? I think they are, but they're not as well known as like the Midwest. Not as refined as in the Midwest, too. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Like now, you, I mean, here in the Midwest, you can get cheese curds most places. So there's yeah. like a hierarchy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like if you if you get chili in Texas hierarchy, yes. you get you know you get barbecue all across the South. There's a hierarchy, and then there's variations, and yeah. then there's a sub hierarchy within each variation by region. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Midwest, it's just cheese curds and hot dish. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they get fucking barbecue. We get cheese curds. Okay. For the record, if you were to say, put a gun to my head and say. You can only have cheese curds or barbecue for the rest of your life. You have to pick one or the other. Fucking say cheese curds. I'd have a moment. Okay. Cheese curd, like deep fried cheese curds are the top three favorite foods for me. Probably top two. Like they're that ingrained. Seriously? In foods that I love. I love cheese. I could eat cheese curds every day. No, you couldn't because then you wouldn't poop ever again. Well, that's a problem I encountered this morning. Because the cheese curds. We had cheese curds on Wednesday, and you then yes, I uh, I did a little bit yesterday, <laughs> and then I had cheese curd. Le- the rest of them, oh, the did, leftovers, the leftovers for lunch yesterday. <laughs> so we need to have cheese curds for lunch. I want to see how how long can this go? How can this go? <laughs> yeah. And what is going to happen when it ends? <laughs> Death. I don't know. And I'm just going to eat like ten bananas, and that is just going to be like create torpedo mode. Yeah. Start, the bananas do some crazy things when eaten in mass quantities. Yeah, BM rocket, dude. I used to, um, we have Quick Trip, was a gas station that's popular in Minnesota. Quick yeah. Trip, um, <laughs> they, they sell um, produce, like, like, like the kinds of things you get at a grocery store that are kind of like the necessities for super cheap. So you can get uh, onions, milk, potatoes, loaf of bread, bananas. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a grocery store light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just, I mean, they have other stuff, but it's mostly the necessities, but their stuff is super cheap. So I had this thing one, one time about 15 years ago where a buddy of mine, we both worked at the same place at the senior center. And we were talking one day, and you're like, God, the bananas are so cheap at Quick Trip. I'm like, yeah, okay. Let's each buy a big bunch of bananas tomorrow morning on the way to work. And then we're going to eat them all by 8 a.m. So we each ate. I think it was nine bananas. I mean, like anything over three would be very yeah. impressive. We ate nine bananas in like an hour each. And then and you don't, you want to know what happens? Yeah, dude. Eat nine bananas in an hour. <laughs> you find out what happens. What? You can't leave me hanging. What happened? It's not pretty. <laughs> the greatest thing is, okay. Cause he was the do it all guy. He was, he, you know, he was like from scrubs the janitor dude yeah he was that guy but he was young he did everything he fixed everything he was um he put everything together tore everything down whatever so he had to deal with the monstrosities that were left in those toilets but he was half to blame for the problem okay half at least yeah okay but then he was he did not find it as funny as me when I told him that later on he's got to clean up my banana bazooka. Okay, is it was it fast and loose? Did it keep coming? Was it one big one? Was it many small ones? It it was like a Okay, when when the fire truck pulls up to the burning house yeah. and they crank into the fire hydrant, when they first turn that on, yeah. it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't quite sure if 
the fire hose was off ever for like six hours. <laughs> it's not good. It was a leaky fire hose. Yeah, but there's a lot of fiber in bananas too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's it's like, anyway, it, it was, you know, eat nine bananas in an hour. Report back. Goody pee-pees. Report back on the Facebook page. We summoned you. Yeah. On the top Facebook page, really just really confuse people that are there and don't understand what top is. So like, oh, a miniature painting group. Why am I seeing about people's gastrointestinal experiments with bananas? Right. Why are we always showing pictures of chicken tendies? Yeah. And now shits. Banana shits. <laughs> All um, right. Uh, reminds me of a website I used to. Oh, God. No, I don't, don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. The next item is aren't smoked meats just the best this is a great transition it right? is because we're talking we, about barbecue yeah so for my birthday my wife and parents went together and got me a traeger traeger smoker slash grill and so i have been smoking la meats la meats la meats <laughs> yesterday i i had two pork shoulders for my daughter's birthday party that's tomorrow it's a little family get together so i decided to buy you know 30 pounds in pork shoulder <laughs> And I smoked those for 11 hours yesterday. Damn. And then I've got three more hours in the morning tomorrow, and then they rest for 45. And then I am going to have the best pulled pork that I've ever made. Two smoking sessions? Yeah. Why? Um, well, well, the recipe that I followed had, wanted me to smoke them for five hours, four to five hours at 250 degrees. Mm-hmm. But I'm a manly man. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you so are. I, cranked it down to 160 yes you and did. did them for 10 to 11 hours okay and then after you do that you, you wrap them in foil you rehydrate them with the apple juice tighten them with foil and then you go back on the smoker at 250 for three to four hours until they hit internal temperature okay um and so that second wave of of smoking is just going to be morning of okay I'm sure you guys don't need to know all the de- details but was this for painting related at any point um Yes, because smoking is the greatest secondary hobby as your miniature painter because you can just throw stuff on for the din-din and you can go back to hobby. Nice. And it's like four hours later, boom, honey, ribs are done. Well, you, you can only do that if you have a fancy Traeger. Well, if, you're a, if you're a basic bitch like me, then you have to go and check the temp of your, your Weber grill every 20 minutes. Yeah, pellet smoker, any kind of pellet smoker. Right. There are right, different right. kinds that use pellets, not just a Traeger. It's just... It's like Traeger's like Kleenex now. It's like where you hear that like they're brilliant in their marketing. You know, it's like, oh, I hear Traeger. That means pellet smoker. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. It okay. doesn't. It's a, it's a goddamn facial tissue. Okay? <laughs> Get it? There's a difference. Okay. Okay. All right. Last item on the Pramble. <clears throat> the itch for competition painting has started. Ben Cantor has infiltrated our Facebook messenger group with Vinci V and... Um, Sam and John and myself, and they're I, I they're talking started, a lot. It started with the last episode of the podcast, yeah. Because we were talking about competition miniature painting, you know. It did, and, and Ben has he's listening to this at two point two point zero speed right now. So I'm going to talk really fast when I was so fast he can't even understand what I'm saying because I'm talking really faster than Ben can. Ben, <laughs> suck my D, Ben. Okay, oh my God. So, um, so when he was on the podcast, I started feeling like, oh yeah, we're talking about this. My brain's thinking about ideas. We're talking about, you know, Golden Demon. I'm envisioning the, the case at Golden Demon. I'm envisioning a yet-to-be-determined peace of mind in the case. I'm feeling good. And then we start the conversation on the old Insta-Facebook, Chatty Maddie, And we start getting into it. I'm hyped. There's Are you a lot. hyped? 
Are you uh, hyped? I was not able to read the entire conversation. Whenever I looked, there was like 56 notifications. And I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ, I need to edit a video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I hadn't read it all. I would say I am equally as hyped as I was before because I don't know. It's like I'm jaded. I... I can't see the destination because the road to get there is so far. It's so far away. And it's just like, all I can see is the road. You know, so that kills the hype immediately. Mm. The Road is also a good movie. It is. Um, Viggo Mortensen. It's very, very fucking bleak. Um, There's no happiness in that movie at all. It's one of those movies that I enjoyed the movie so much and I enjoyed the setting so much that I read the book that it's based on afterwards. And it's really, it's a a good book. Um, the, The movie did a great job of like, funneling down the essence and the key parts and everything of the book. It's like the book is fucking depressing as hell. Yeah, okay. Well, that that checks out then. Okay, well, that's what we were talking about. Hold Um, on, hold on, hold on. The road. Yeah. Let's talk about the road. No, we're not going to talk about the road, but do you ever get sad when you watch a movie and it's like super amazing and you're like, oh, this is amazing, and then you figure out it's based on a book? Does that ever make you sad? No, it doesn't surprise me at all because typically a good book is better than a movie so. well yeah so i'm not saying that books can't be good but what i'm saying is oh i wish that whoever made this movie had come up with the idea themselves oh yeah so like the, that's like best original screenplay versus best. yes yeah yeah so the one time that happened not the one time but the two times was with david fincher uh with seven mm-hmm. um and fight club mm-hmm. i was like fuck those are both based on books it's like dang that was that was sad i mean yes. it's not that sad but oh uh, yeah that because or you got to think about it here. It's like, okay, we can only make a couple super AAA movies a year as a studio. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, we, we can't put all our eggs in the hope this was written well and turns out well basket. Instead, we can draw on the thousands of greatly reviewed novels yeah. and say, this is a really compelling, awesome story. We could see it on the screen mm-hmm. working. So it's like, you know, it's like the big reason why harry potter can make sequels and they don't suck mm-hmm. because the books are really fucking good mm-hmm. i feel like i don't i don't know of another movie that has as many sequels as harry potter where they're all like these are all really solid movies because mm-hmm. it's all based on a, a you know storyline that is a full arc yeah um uh the opposite of that example would be star wars <laughs> some good some not so good right but they're not ba- there are star wars books there have been star wars books for 40 years. Yeah. But they don't base the movies on the books as far as I know. Or, I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they're a comp- compilation or whatever. At some point, they said that all of the comic books and stuff like that were not canon. Like, yeah. this was like two years ago, and that kind of made people upset. But competition painting and having the itch for it. <laughs> hey. That's we why are, it's Ramble, baby. We're, Ramble we're really doing bad right now. We're, or great, depending <laughs> on your reason for listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, so you got the itch. You're coming up with ideas. We, yeah. we took Ben's uh, comments to heart when thinking about the, the right type of uh, choice for what to paint for GD. I, I'm pretty hyped about my one idea that I showed you on Wednesday, or the model. Yeah. I think that's, because I went through with through the eyes of Ben Cantor, which are really weird to look through, and looked at Games Workshop website for just models under the lens of of that checklist. Ben Cantor goggles. Yeah, Ben Cantor goggles. Yeah. Which are different than sexy goggles. Different. But, but also sexy. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
All right, so that is end of the preamble ramble. We're getting hyped for Golden Demon 2022. And next, we talk about a thing that isn't the thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice transition. Yes. We talk about what we painted. Hey, Scotty, there's some stuff on this table that you painted recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I did to the terrain. That's done. Video came out today as of recording. Um, probably later when you're listening to this. By probably, I mean definitely. <laughs> uh, so I'm really happy with that. Uh, the, the one thing I didn't think about was when I glue this building to the other building, the weight of this right one is going to, it's going to sag. And I thought I could solve it by putting weight on the inside of that one. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't. Can, so can you see how this one... What's going to sag? Look how this side... So I have these two buildings. One's glued to the other one so that, such that it's hovering in the air. Um, why did you make them hover? Why did you make this one hover in the so air? So the reason was I wanted to give the impression that the building was floating. And I made like a floating step to get up into the office. Um, but I don't think I put it up high enough to really sell that idea. Yep. I would have, yeah, I would have made this like one and a half times taller or even twice as tall. Okay, fuck off. And then have that up there. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. It took, I, it took three weeks to pay. I didn't well, know. I would just double it in size. <laughs> no, you just take the same shape. You just make it taller. Yeah, but then I got more stuff to paint, more things to put greaves on, more rivets to put down. True that. Yeah. <laughs> True that. I would just double it in size. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, so that was that's done. I think the thing I was most hyped about was the window. Uh, I think the window was uh, uh, an idea that I had no idea if it would work, and it did. And I'm really happy about that and using that in the future. Like the the shatterproof glass window? Yeah, yeah. Or just, I mean, just I mean, not even the the design, but just the window itself. Like the fact that it works so well and it's nice and glossy. Um, I like the doors, too, on the office and the garage door. Yeah. they're. I had fun. They're good. I had fun I, and I didn't have fun. I mean... You're doing a project that's this intensive. It's so many steps, most of which you've never done before. Yeah. There's going to be points where you're going to have a level of frustration or uncertainty or this. Ang I get this like anxiety when this is tied to a video where it's like I, I'm not moving fast enough or this is not happening in a time where I feel like I need to be doing it in. Yeah. Um, There's like no timeline. Yeah. Right. Because it's like it's like, OK, I need to finish this stage by this day but i have no idea if i can actually do that because i've never done this before right. yeah and you get into certain steps where s simply like you need to sit things down and you can't keep working on them either mm -hmm. you know like it's like well i'm to a point where i have to commit to like three hours straight of getting all this printed and making sure everything is right and whatever and it's like i don't have three straight hours tonight so you know another day goes by or whatever yeah. stuff like that like it's rough. I just noticed now these garage doors, they look like they, they open like shink, yeah. like at an angle. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's super cool. I don't know where they go. Uh, that's <laughs> that, not a question we need to answer. They fold around space the space world. I know, dude. It's space world. Space world doesn't matter where shit goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you did that and I see something else over there. And I painted more of the Witch Hunter from Cursed City, which is a box that shall not be named. You can't get it. We built Curse City. <laughs> we built Curse City on sand and other things that aren't very stable. <laughs> um, it's mostly done. Uh, I need to paint. Like the things that are black need some highlighting, which is like the scabbard on the big sword, uh, the scabbard on the dagger in the front. The, the, Daggered. The loop 
of his gun, his like his strap. But otherwise, he's pretty much done. Um, you said you did something new. Are you going to talk about in our segment in the after party about something new you've tried? Exactly. Yeah. It it wasn't filling that gap on the cloak. That's what you didn't do. (laughs) Yeah, that one. That one definitely snuck by me. Um, So yeah, he's he's mostly done. Went for blue leather on him, uh, red leather for the straps and gloves, and then like a a greenish gold. Um, I don't know. Of the three that I've painted so far, he's my least favorite. Like final product or process to paint him? Both. He's got a lot of little shitter shitters all yeah, over. He's him. got a lot of shit going on. Um, he's got buckles. This is like fucking Buckle McBuckleson. It's like a Guild Ball model, bro. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Dude, hey, I hear you like buckles and straps. <laughs> we got a game for you. <laughs> Add him to a Guild Ball team. You have honorary <laughs> member of the of the Dead Game Guild. <laughs> Dead Game Guild. <laughs> Savage. My favorite thing about this dude, this model in general, is the freaking sword on his back. He's just like nonchalantly carrying this big old claymore. I know. It's so big. It's so cool. Uh, I just love the angular nature of it and the cross hilt. It's just very cool. It's not like ornamental, overly GW bullshit on weapons that they usually do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm just a regular dude from a regular town with a big ass sword. (laughs) And an underslung steak launcher. I'm like, God. I mean. (laughs) That's pretty cool, too. Jumping the shark right there. Hey. You know, I think he, I think he looks good. Thank you. The face is utter shit, but it is literally not literally. It is very fucking difficult to paint. How do you, I don't know. I don't even remember if this dude's head is separate. I don't even know if like, I can't remember either. I don't think it is. Cause if you just be like, have it off and just like boop, boop it in. You do that first. Yeah. I mean, there probably is better ways to, to assemble it and paint it. If you really cared about the outcome. I like the almost slight greenish tint to the wood on the grain of the rifle. Yes. So, I yeah, I started with the green on the wood, and then it looked awkward. And I was like, I need to I need to include other green elements to make it feel less awkward. Mm. Uh, that's why I used the, the green gold. The Vallejo Metal Color uh, gold is green, naturally. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that. I really like green gold. Um, so that works for me, but it doesn't work if you wanted a normal gold. No. There's no normal gold in that range, isn't there? That is the gold. Yeah, that's so strange. It's, very, it's a very green, yellowish green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the after party, I'll talk about how I um, turned Iron Breaker. Is that the GW silver paint? I think so. Into gold. Because I had to do it for my video because I, there, there was only one metallic paint in the box and it was iron breakers i had to use it for everything and i turned it into a bronze and a gold very nice very nice all right what did you paint uh what did i paint i painted two things since the last episode first thing i painted was lord of virulence virulence how do you say that word virulence 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 v-i-r-u-l yeah viral viral i think it's virulence virulence this is high quality podcast commentary. Yeah, someone is like just losing their mind. Right <laughs> I know. Over the it's video. an <laughs> obvious way to say it. Uh, from Creature Caster, I painted him in a recent video on airbrushing basics. And I show, showed like the really foundational 90% of what I use an airbrush for in uh, a couple of basic steps. And I painted him because he's a, he's a nice size model, but he's not massive. Um, and showed the combination of how airbrushing and brushwork can work together to create something better than maybe on their own they wouldn't have been able to do. Um, so I enjoyed him. I did a lot of different 
I didn't paint him how I would probably have typically painted him if it wasn't a video focused on airbrushing. But um, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. But I had a lot of fun with that. And he's a, it's a super cool model. It's one of my favorite sculpts from Creature Caster is that model. Because I love Grody stuff. And he is fucking King Grode McGroderson. <laughs> a lot of Grode going on yeah, in Gro- What a great word. Grode. Yeah, Grody. Dude, Grody is such a good word. Yeah. Go to peepees. You need to. You, uh, your word of the day is grody. <laughs> when you're at work, you need to find a way, you know, to integrate the word grody in one time. The higher uh, level of management or boss is present when you say the word grode, uh, you get extra bonus points. Extra John Bucks. Yeah, extra John Bucks. If you like kick down the door to the CEO's office and be like, this place is grody, and then just leave. <laughs> Dude, God. that's like infinite John Bucks right there. <laughs> But only if you get fired. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't need this job. I got John Bucks. And what, <laughs> with infinite John Bucks, you can catch them out for hanging out with John if you've ever been in Rochester. Oh, Jesus like, Christ. Hey, I, I want to use my John, John Bucks. Bucks. Don't say that. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> too late. If now. you're getting people fired from their jobs, the least you can do. <laughs> hey, I sleep on your couch, Jock. I said grody in front of my boss. <laughs> Got the John Bucks for it. Got the John Bucks. Pay rent and John Bucks, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. Most, it's accepted by most landlords. (laughs) Asterisk. It's not accepted by most landlords. Asterisk. The only landlord it's accepted by is John, and even he doesn't accept them. John isn't an actual landlord. (laughs) Uh, So I painted Lord of Virulence, and then I, uh, for my video that will be out by the time you watch this, but it is not out as we speak, is I painted, oh, I wrote down his name. Hold on. Don't look. You can't remember it? Don't look. Gets, gets, gets Stampa is his last name. Yes. It's a 40K orc that you could only get by pre-ordering it through Games Workshop, like, like I don't know, like last year. And you got that? Midst of the pandemic. Mm. Um, and he's a new sculpt, a 40K orc. I was like, I love the look of the new orcs. The old ones are so like static and, and, and kind of derpy. Mm-hmm. Um and now they've announced that, you know, they've showed a couple of the new kind of orcs that are coming out for 40K, which look badass. So I ordered him and he came. I'm not kidding you. From when I ordered him, it was like five months later, he showed up at my door. Whoa. Yeah. He's workshop on top of it. But then, again, this was in the midst, the middle of the pandemic. Um, Gorzag. Gorzag. Get, get Stompa. Stompa. Uh, he comes with a little get in there, too. But I ain't got time for painting two models. <laughs> He's like carrying a little like Santa's Santa's toy bag or whatever the oh, little dude is. Okay. Um, I'll I'll use him for something else later. Uh, but I I painted him just using a starter paint and build set from Games Workshop. Only the paints that are in there it comes with ten, ten paints, but one of them is a technical paint for painting the sand on the base. One of them is Agrax Earthshade, and one of them is a the, the metal, the iron breaker or whatever. So you have seven paints to paint a whole model. And that was tough to not, uh, it was a struggle to try to have some interest in the model when you have to mix everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually haven't written the script for this video yet. So if it doesn't actually turn out like what I'm about to describe, that's my fault. Um, <laughs> is that I want to, I mean, the, the, the catch is like minute, Painting with not having a lot of paints, painting with just a starter set or whatever, and I want that to be the thing. But I always try to do like a, a like here's the hidden reason why it's you're going to get value in this video, and it's not necessarily described in the title or the thumbnail. Um, is it's going to be a video about basic paint mixing, mixing your own paints, sure. um, and what to look for for what you're looking to achieve. 
Um, and even if you don't know what you want to achieve, here are some kind of basic guidelines to get you started, to get you a little confidence. So I, I like how he turned out. I actually spent more. I, I painted him in one day. My goal was to paint him in like four to five hours. I ended up spending like eight hours on him because I enjoyed it so much. Wow. I had a lot of fun painting that model. And this was in the midst of us getting the freaking golden demon talk coming you know and it was a single model it was a games workshop model i was like all right i'm not i'm not going full ball sack here it was like 50 percent ball sack but it was like here's the kind of things i'm gonna paint this like i would paint for competition and just stop at 50 percent at every phase okay um and that was that was fun so don't call it a color theory video but kind of a color theory video yeah yeah, I mean, there's stuff in there about about color theory, but basically how do paints how do paints mix and what makes a good mixable paint work and, and where are you going to come into troubles? And Games Workshop paints are really notorious for this in that they're already a wide variety of pigments are already in that pot, okay. so you're already diluted on on true pigments for what mixing will actually turn out what you want it to turn out like games workshop and, and a lot of paints a lot of paints if it's the wider the range is the more likely this is going to happen to you is that the more you mix it the more it turns towards some shade of gray yeah um so you can't it's really hard to keep vibrancy as mixing and that's why they do that on purpose so they make paints that you have to go in the three-step stage because if you tried to mix to that um for most of us as long as unless you've been doing quite a bit of this it just doesn't feel like it turns out as good okay so this is like the practical guide to color mixing and yeah color theory and things yeah. like that it's not gonna be called that it's gonna be called for something the, way more clickbaity but for, yeah. the, for the layman yeah Color to theory for the idiots. <laughs> hey, I hear you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get them. <laughs> People like a little bit of being called out in video titles, though. Uh, by like, you mean they click on it. Yes. I don't know if they like it. I mean, they don't like it. Because that's usually when you get the most salty comments. And then they click on it. Yeah. But they still watch it. Like, uh, like I call people a dingus for not understanding color theory. Like a total joke. And I, people did not. They were not happy with me. They did not want to be called a dingus. So. Oh, uh, quick, quick brainstorm workshop here. Yep. One word. What's word? What word would you rather have, not knowing any the rest of the context, in your video title? Crappy, or dumpy? Dumpy for sure. Okay, for sure. Okay, because I, I had narrowed it down to those two words that are going to be in the title of this video. Okay, unless unless you can think of at a later date, maybe over lunch today, of a board that's similar to dumpy, but uh, poopy. Uh, <laughs> dude. Dumpy just sounds funnier, but it doesn't translate as well as crappy might translate to a larger audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's that's where I was at. That yeah. was where I was stuck on. I was. I had a foot in each canoe, Scott, right? <laughs> We're going down the river. At some point, they're going to start drifting apart. Some part you turn it Van Damme. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, you got to pick a canoe. No, I don't. I'm Van Damme. These are, no. my se- these are my semis. Just have both titles. Just do like the first title, then put the bar character, then do the second title. <laughs> yeah, my title is 77 characters long. <laughs> and then every hour, just edit the video and swap the order. <laughs> you know? Just try that out. It's just, oh, right after I'm... I'm Misting my my uh, brisket that I'm smoking with <laughs> yeah. apple cider vinegar yeah, every yeah. hour. I missed it, and then I changed the title. <laughs> missed it, changed the title. There you go. There you go. No one will ever find this. Wow, we are we're quite a ways in, and we've talked about nothing. Uh, nothing. We are a little. We're close to forty minutes, and we haven't got to the topic discussion. This is a problem. I was like, we're gonna go fast today because I need to go to the source to buy something before we do things. That shit, I use that, and you just put that in your nose. Well, 
I didn't use it before you used it. Icky. Grody. <laughs> Grody. Hey, Scott, get some John Bucks. Yeah. Um, all right. Our Ex- topic discussion for today. Extra John Bucks, if you can say the word Grody to a staff member at the source later. That's easy, dude. Right. I mean, it's got to it's gotta work into the conversation. Okay. You can't just like walk by someone and go, Grody, <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, moving on. Okay, moving. Because we need to. Topic is FOMO. What is FOMO? Can you spell out what FOMO is, Scott? F-O-M-O. God damn it. I didn't mean literally. I mean, what does it stand for? Fear of missing out. It's an acronym. This topic was submitted by Abel. Abel. Thank not, you, Abel. Not Kane. No, not Kane. Kane's dead. Uh, uh, that's why he didn't submit it. <laughs> Abel killed him. No, actually. They both had the idea. Yeah. <laughs> we were like rushing to the old timey computer. <laughs> it's like, I want to submit it. Yes. Um, so uh words um if you want to submit topics to our podcast you can do that by being a patron at the five dollar tier that is one of the 17 million rewards we have at that five dollar tier i'm just kidding it's more like five but yeah you can submit topics for us to discuss yeah 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 so uh, abel thank you for submitting this about fomo in our hobby and fomo is is something that's it's like a cultural phenomenon i guess in the last 20 years especially probably the the graph is trending upward in the last 10. Yeah. It's about it it kind of originates even more than products. It's about at a basic level FOMO is my buddies are all going out to the bar. I got to get up for work early tomorrow, but I feel like I'm going to miss out on an awesome night. Yeah. Or stories and it, adventures and all this kind of things. That's a level of FOMO. Yes. FOMO can also be related to, you know, like, oh, this band is in town and it's, I don't know when Metallica is going to be back or if they'll ever be back. I'm going to fight FOMO. I'm, I'm not going to make the, the concert. I, I got to go. I can't afford the tickets, but I, I'm going to be missing out. Okay. Um, and then to, to products themselves, right? So right. FOMO is not just about our hobby, but we're going to talk about how does FOMO show itself in our hobby in a variety of ways. What's the good and bad of this? And is there anything we can take away from FOMO to make us maybe better hobbyists or maybe better consumers or maybe better people? Yeah. Just more secure individuals. Right. So, Scott, let's first go over uh, some examples of FOMO. We'll go through a couple because I... I have written down that there's probably like four or five that I can think of. And these were mostly in the text I sent you last night and I forgot what they were. So I'm going to have to reference that text shortly. <laughs> so we're going to, you're going to, do you want to start us off? You want me to start us off? Sure, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, here's an example of how FOMO is in our hobby. And, and what does that, what does that mean? Why is it that way? Why, 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 why? Sure. Yeah. Um, I can remember when scale 75 paint first came out, mm-hmm. there was definite FOMO around acquiring that paint range and using it on models because at the time there wasn't really a paint range that produced results that were as matte as scale of 75 could get. Um, that wasn't even like a thing people thought they'd want, right? right? It was like, everything's kind of like this mid middle satin satiny area. And so everyone was trying to get their hands on this thing. And like, there wasn't any like U S distributors for it. So we had to get it buy it through the Spain website and it was like out of stock and stuff like that. Um, so it's like, yeah, everyone's on this new hotness for like having a matte finish. Everyone wanted to buy that paint range. So at its core, and correct me if I'm wrong in my interpretation of this, at its core, what this means is it's a product that you feel like you're missing out in your capability of creating awesome minis if you don't get it. Yeah, it's like without this, I cannot do what these people are doing. And to a certain degree, that's true. Yeah, I could see that in, I think Chimera is a more recent example than Scale 75, but in a very similar vein. 
Mm-hmm. Very limited quantities. Very rare that you can find places to get it at, mostly through the actual manufacturer. And it can claims to do a thing that cannot be achieved in your miniature paint jobs without it. And I don't want to say claims because I'm, I'm not saying this from a perspective of we'll talk about manufacturers abusing FOMO shortly. In this situation, I don't necessarily think – I don't think that Scale 75 or Chimera are fueling the foam no, fire. No, God no. Yeah, they aren't. No. And that's all That's all within our, our our hobby. It's all from hearing from other painters and reading it on other sources or yeah. seeing pictures on Instagram and mm-hmm. painted with Scale 75. I was like, oh, my God, that looks super awesome. But he painted it with this paint. I got to get that paint. Yes. You know, you see that with brushes. You see that with wet palettes. <laughs> with reusable membranes don't even get me started we see it with the seven thousand different hobby holders on the market i haven't paint been painting for that long like four or five years now something like that when i started painting there was no such thing as a hobby holder yeah you just held the base and the model yeah you held it by the base or you do what i still do today and you cut a dowel and you use a dowel yeah like there was no product for that and now I'm just like looking around. It's like everyone's got all these different kinds of hobby holders. Like you need that. Like this allows you to get, get the angle that you could never get before. Yes. And so people much, got paint shakers now. So much pivoting. <laughs> um. Yeah. 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 The vortex mixer, That's the paint shaker, the the ninety dollar clippers, the <laughs> yeah, know, the god hands. Yeah. The, yeah. the god hands. Yeah. Um, A lot of products can instill the FOMO feeling in us just because we feel like we are less capable without them. Yes. And this is directly tied to one of Scotty's favorite uh, trademarked phrases, which is gear acquisition syndrome. Oh, it's definitely not trademarked. Well, you should. Okay. Well, an, well, that's it's a thing in other hobbies. Well, you can make a nickel every time someone says it. But I didn't make it up. And I don't care. It doesn't matter <laughs> who made it up. It matters who markets it and trademarks it. That's okay. how this works. On it! Look at Walt Disney. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's... Let's see. Let's dig, dig into that just a little bit for FOMO. Like, okay, okay if I'm feeling a FOMO a lot, because I am very guilty of this, I think if I see a thing that gets me excited, um, that I feel like I have to have it. Is there any, like, is that a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Is it something that you need to understand what and and, and act accordingly? Like what, what's, what's my takeaway for buying all the shit, Scott? Oh, is this therapy time with Scott? Yeah, yeah, Scott. Talk okay. to me. I think FOMO, at its core, comes from a place of insecurity. Oh, shit. I'm insecure. God damn it. Uh, nah, that's not meant as an insult in the slightest, because everyone experiences FOMO to a certain degree. I am not insecure. I am way more secure than you, Scott. I am the least <laughs> insecure person. I'm the most humblest. <laughs> but that, I, 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 that's, that's my theory, at least. It's like I am missing out on something that... I am un- unable to get, and I'm feeling bad about it. It's like, whereas I think maybe someone who is more secure would be like, well, I don't have time to do that thing right now. I prioritize something else, and so I'm going to do that other thing. Yeah. Um, so so if I'm Ben Comets. And just hypothetically? Yeah, just hypothetically. Just okay. let me have this. <laughs> yeah, just- <laughs> so I'm Ben Comets, and there's this awesome new paint range that comes out. We'll call it... The Ben Comets paint range? Cantrast. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Cantrast comes out, and uh, <laughs> I am even like uh, flown to oh, God. Garm's workshop. This is no longer hypothetical. <laughs> um, and to try out the Cantrast, um, and I'm like, "Wow, this is nice. This is cool. 
okay, I like this. This is interesting. It's a learning experience. But because I'm Ben and I am awesome at all things painting, I don't feel that I need it to solve a problem that I didn't know I had. I can analyze it and I can appreciate for things that it may offer me, but I don't feel obliged. I feel comfortable in what I can achieve. And it's more about experimenting. Why did I emphasize it? <laughs> no way. It's not fancy, though. I am experimenting with the contrast, <laughs> not expecting it to solve a problem because I'm confident and I'm comfortable uh, with, with how I paint and in my ability to innovate and improve over time. Where are you going with this? I don't know. I'm Ben Comets. Typically, you... You have a hypothetical scenario, yeah, so that like it creates a situation that wouldn't exist in real world. Right. But you, you just use pseudonyms and made a situation that existed in real world. Yes, but it's to, it's to ask a question. Yeah, what what are we exploring here with this? Wait, what what we're exploring is how somebody who is comfortable and confident in their abilities, yes, how they act instead of acting in a way of a FOMO knee-jerk reaction. Oh, okay. Okay. So Also, we're trying to feel what it feels like to be Ben Connors. Yeah, that's mostly what this was about. Okay. So I I don't know how he would react in this real situation. He's never tried Cantrast, so who knows? Never. Never, never. tried? Uh, he, I mean, because that's not a real product. Oh, right. You got me there. Uh, duh. Um, <laughs> duh. But how I imagine somebody who is confident in their abilities and comfortable in learning a, with the tools that they have, how they would react to FOMO or to maybe die down the flames a little bit if you're feeling it when when it's maybe not healthy. I feel like Ben, who is someone that's been around the block and seen products come and go many times, is probably, you know, his reaction is probably like softened. You know, the hard edges have been worn off over time. Right. It's like, okay, it's another thing. Yes. Whatever. So that, seen, I think that happens over time. Benny from the block has seen all the things. He's seen it all. He's he's walked a million miles, and he yeah. would walk a, a thousand more. Yeah, you know, just to stand next to you. Okay, nineties shitty nineties music, notwithstanding. Um, what are some other examples of hobby FOMO? Okay, wait, was that nineties song? Did I get that wrong? Uh, no, it's not. It's eighties. Eighties. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is not shitty. <laughs> Because I mean, you just offended all of our Southern Hemisphere, Australian, New Zealand listeners. Okay, like it's a song that plays da, 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 da. on the radio a lot, but like I wouldn't choose to listen to that song ever. Okay, another example <laughs> of FOMO uh, would be Kickstarter. Yeah. Kickstarter is in its core, at its core. What makes Kickstarter like run why it is a multi multi million dollar company is all based on FOMO. If I can't get all the extra add-ons, if I don't know if and when this will ever be released without this, if 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 I can not get it sooner than everybody else and get better, if I get all these minis, because I'm gonna get seventy thousand minis. <laughs> what I'm shocked about is I felt like um, the Kickstarter would eventually lose steam. Because it's been around for so long, and it's like, okay, I know for myself personally, like I get like not, the word isn't whiplash, but the word is more like, I don't know, I, I just get like it's predictable. The same thing is happening over and over again. Yes, you know what I mean. So it's like, isn't that why? Why hasn't that happened with the world yet? Right. And I'm reminded of something that I learned as a young shoe salesman. 
Oh God! At tell the, me, the, tell me, Al Bundy. <laughs> at the prime age of sixteen, I was like, okay, I live in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is not like a big place. It is a place. There are many places to buy shoes in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Many places. People don't buy shoes very often. Do they? They don't. You buy like a pair a year. You know? Sure. Yeah. You know, about, may, maybe more. I don't know. Some people really like shoes, but the average some, person. Yeah. A pair. So how is Rogan Shoes in business in Kenosha, Wisconsin, when there are also other shoe places? And the answer to that question, and the answer to the question of how is Kickstarter still doing this is there's a lot of fucking people in the world. There's a lot of people. And there's a lot of feet. We don't run out very fast. So yeah, so it's, there, there's just enough people to facilitate this continued growth, the continued sale, selling of bat board, bad games, board games. <laughs> bad games. I meant to say board games. I said bad games. You know, so that, that's what it is. It's just like, it's like there's just so many people with so many dollars. Yeah, I, and I... I don't know. I haven't looked at the the data, and I'm too lazy to do so to know if like there is a. <laughs> it's kind of a thing we do. Right? There's like a pinnacle of right. It's like, of, like here's some conjecture. It's hobby related things that it hits like a peak where it's like okay, the the, the bar has kept going up and up and up of how uh, how popular they are, how many units they sell, uh, how many there are. It, eventually, I thought it would plateau. I think it probably is pretty close to plateauing from that regard because at a certain point, the people that are really interested. I mean. Games and minis are a great example of this. Like, like artistic minis. When I look at like Cult of Paints minis and stuff, um, like I think they're more the the exception because you're getting a couple minis. The quality is high or whatever. It's not a board game with a hundred and fifty minis in it because you. I have done that, and most of us are like, okay, I've done that once or twice. Now I realize I'm never going to paint all these. This is just ridiculous, and you kind of. The, the FOMO gets balanced out with the realism within your brain. And then there's exceptions with the game just seems really, really awesome. I want to get it for the game. It's also minis or whatever. And there's other products, hobby-related products. But um, truthfully, Kickstarter, there's a lot of good things that Kickstarter offers, like that sweet little automated uh, hand drill that I'm going to be getting in the mail here in the next couple of weeks. That, it's like there's, that product doesn't exist. It probably is not going to be able to be manufactured unless through a realm like Kickstarter. Yeah. But a majority of things, that's not the way it goes right now. They're using it as a marketing platform. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess what I was, I, I love Kickstarter. I'm not, I wasn't trying to hate on it at all. Um, and I think the thing that, I think the thing that Kickstarter should be used for is things like that mini drill, right? Yeah. Uh, that that can't, could be made otherwise. So I guess my surprise as to how this is still happening is, you know how like content like gets kind of old on YouTube? Mm. It's like, okay, We've seen this same format of video a thousand times. Eventually, people are going to innovate on that format. Mm -hmm. I, I thought people would innovate on what miniature painting products look like on Kickstarter. Sure. But it kind of just seems to be the same thing over and over again. It's a game with a bunch of minis, or it's a small Kickstarter with five display minis. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some like extra chaff around the outside, but it's mostly just that over and over again. So I thought that... I thought, I thought that would have gotten old by now. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably is uh, gotten more innovative. The <clears> larger <throat> you increase your sphere of what you're looking at of what's being created out there. Um, but it also, it's is fairly restrictive as a platform in general. Here's what the platform does for you, right? So if you would benefit from your idea from this type of format, then it's good for that or potentially good for that. Um I'm seeing some 
uh, actual where I'm seeing the kickback. What you're talking about is in the 3D pin- printing sphere. Oh yeah, because it's so diluted right now. And people have remember when it was all about Kickstarters for 3D printing files and all that kind of stuff. Now where the, now where have they gone? Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Yep. So. I, I think that there's there will be some continue to be some evolution. Okay, do you got another one, Scott? Do you have another FOMO example? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, one that is fairly recent to both of us is having something to put in a case at a painting competition. Mm, that's um, a good one. It's like everyone, you know, when you're there, when you're there and you just meet someone who is also a miniature painter. Typically, the first thing you talk about is like, "What do you have in the case? Yeah. Like, what did you bring this year? Like, how was the painting process? Like, what do you, how what are your prospects?" And so, like thinking about that and not having one just feels like, "Oh, I mean, I'm I'm not even gonna be able to participate in these conversations, or if I do, I'm gonna look like an idiot because like I don't I am not speaking from any kind of experience." Um, so yeah, uh, that is a point of FOMO for me, or, or even just going to conventions. So I can't go to Gen Con and and Nova and Reaper and all these things. Like I just get to go to the one, um, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, there's some FOMO there too. So even even yeah. going to the con, but also participating in the events at the con. Yeah, that's a that's a good example. I think that ties back to like our going to the uh, uh, the concert example too. Yeah. From from the normie perspective, is let's say. Uh, I, I take this example of not having something in the case, but still being there. Kind of like there's a bar across the street from the venue. When the venue gets out, you like go to the bar. Yeah. And everyone's talking about the concert. Yeah. You weren't at the concert. Yeah. You just went to the bar afterwards. Right. I felt this the last year of Crystal Brush, and I didn't know it was the last year. But last year of Crystal Brush, I didn't have anything in the case for Crystal Brush. I put all my ball sacks into my Creature Caster piece. <laughs> of which there are many. Of which there are many sacks. <laughs> And I went all out for that. Um, I also have terrible time management, not knowing how long things would take. I you had don't planned have terrible time management. Um, it's really hard with painting competitions. Like you put as much time as you have in a thing. Like th- th- there is absolute truth to the fact that a miniature piece is never done unless you say it's done. Yeah. And when it's with competition, you're just like, I'm bad. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to keep working as long as I have time to, do, to work on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just going to make it as best as I can. Yeah, which I'm probably never going to be a guy that's got like six pieces in six different categories. I'm just not going to. I mean, I think those kinds of people just paint that stuff for fun and then have them available when a competition arises. Yeah, and they're better. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Um, but I, people asked me that, and I was like, oh, who do you have over there? I'm like, I don't have any. I got one over there. Uh, I don't have anyone in there. <laughs> uh, that felt bad. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even, I didn't even remember that you didn't have anything in there. Um, Thanks, God. Well, I mean, I, so why, why I'm saying that is because I wasn't trying to bring up a memory that was negative for you. It's too late. I mean, you had a piece that could have been in the case and fit in just fine so i should have i should have entered it in both and been like every six hours just i'm gonna it. i'm gonna i'm gonna squirt my uh my brisket and then i'm going to <laughs> what was the second thing i do every hour so you change sh- the title of my video <laughs> and then i'm gonna move my mini from this case to this case yeah. so they have to judge it for both right 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 <laughs> i want to do that uh, then i would have been okay uh so yeah that's that's true like it's like for events, this is kind of related around events in a hobby. Like, oh, I can't go to the, you know, the first Gen Con when everything opens back up and all that kind of stuff. There's a FOMO there. Um, I would say 
what you can do to temper that is say, is this a priority? Is this something that I would feel like would be really valuable? I really want to experience this. And then be an adult and work it into your finances and work it into your work schedule, work it into if you can get time off of work or whatever and plan it ahead. And so you feel like I'm committing to this. I really am going to enjoy it and get the most out of it. And then if I uh, look back in retrospective and say, well, Gen Con was cool, but I think next year I want to try Adepticon instead or whatever like that, you know, mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to if it it just doesn't work, you know, with what you're going to enjoy or instead of just missing out. Okay. I've got another one here. Yeah, let's hear it. And it's related to this big old red and blue box behind us. And that is the new hotness. Specifically, we're going to talk about models. And this has been a hot topic from our buddy uh, Germ's workshop lately. (laughs) Um, They make make the the very popular Cantrast. Yes. Yeah, they are popular for their Cantrast. And they... I don't know how much of this is them leaning on the problems of uh, creation and distribution or whatever from from uh, COVID and how much of them realizing how well it affects their bottom line. But pre-ordering things, getting things in limited quantity, getting things like Curse City. If you don't get it, you'll never get it. Um, manufactured shortage of product. And if I don't know if I want Dominion or not, but everybody is like, you got to get Dominion. Oh my God! It's coming out. Who knows? How many? How many can a store get? You know? Do we know? Oh, a store shortage. You can only pre-order so many. Whatever. You got to get it. You got to get it. You got to get it. Or you're never going to get it. Or you're just going to suck at life if you don't get it. So you better get it. <laughs> Meanwhile, most of those models, I think, are derpy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna get it. I'm open it, and I'm be like, oh, okay. Um, so this is supposed to be like Indominus. It's not the starter set. It's limited edition. They don't. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, My second question is: Do you think that GW is influenced by uh, Kingdom Death? I was going to talk about Kingdom Death as a separate line of FOMO. Okay, but I don't necessarily say that they are influenced, and I don't think anyone in that organization would ever um, be so peasantly to admit to learning things from from another company. Um, but I think that there is examples in the retail space outside of the hobby where this is done and it's done so well for the company. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree there, but I can't, so I can't really think of a time more than three, four years ago that this was a thing with GW products, manufactured limited edition. Mm-hmm. They might have, it might've done it, but it wasn't like an advertised thing. Um, but Kingdom Death is the earliest I can remember where I was like, okay, this is a boutique brand that thrives on having limited edition stuff that's like yeah. really high quality. Yeah. And, and they, they've had so much success on all of their Kickstarter campaigns, right? And whenever something goes up on their web store, it becomes a, its own culture. Yeah. Of, of how it works. And I mean, they are, they are mainlining FOMO. Yeah. Hardcore. I think there's a differentiation between what they do in what Games Workshop is doing with their products here is they're not marketed as limited edition. When the when the three new models release on Friday before Easter for Kingdom Death, it's known. It says we have this number in stock. It says two hundred available, and 
and it goes down as they're sold, it says like less than 50 available, less than 10 available. Like, you know, that's what you're getting. They don't ever publicly announce that, at least on the front end for Games Workshop stuff. It's simply you have to get it in a pre-order. You have to line up to get it or who knows if you'll get it or when you'll get it. Now, a month from now, they do another run of Dominion with another 100,000 boxes of it and you you wouldn't have missed out, but you just simply don't know. That's the FOMO is the I don't have enough information to know. So if I even maybe kind of want it, I have to pull the trigger before I'm even committed to the models or the game or whatever. I have to act in that that clouds your judgment of what you really want, what you really need, what army you really want to start, what you're actually going to paint, all that stuff. It's totally clouded by the uncertainty, which is different from Kingdom Death. They're not uncertain. They're plain as day. It's in front for you. This is what it is. Get it now or never get it. Do you think that's intentional? Do you think it's intentional the way Games Workshop does it? Like they don't list uh like a count of how much is left absolutely it's absolutely on purpose they sell more because of people that wouldn't otherwise get it because if you look at the numbers for a new product like 80 percent of the numbers for sales in a year of a product are within the first two weeks of it releasing for games workshop so if we don't get you right away you get time to think about it. Oh, I see something else is coming out instead. Maybe I'll get that instead. Or, oh, the newness wears off. The hype wears off. And then I just don't end up purchasing it. So they're they're manufacturing FOMO with the, the weapon they're using is uncertainty and confusion as to what it, what if could I ever maybe get some words John speaks today. <sighs> wow. I Like that was so... Ass backwards that I forgot what we're talking about. <laughs> What's the topic for today? I just had a stroke. <laughs> um, uh, we're talking about FOMO. I'm going to double check in here. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, are there positive things about FOMO? I was thinking about this. And I feel like FOMO at its core is a negative thing. But if you wanted to spin it in a positive way, I mean, at least FOMO is going to make you more apt to be aware of what's going on. Instead of just existing in your small little hobby world, yeah. I think it's. I think it's. I think with the advent of the internet, you know, it's been out for a couple of years. The internet, uh, maybe you've heard about it. Uh, one of the beautiful things we're able to learn and educate ourselves from so many different people and walks of life and approaches and stuff like that. And so, FOMO maybe is like a little bit a little bit of a push, you know, to be like you know, be involved in the greater hobby community, be aware of what's going on. And that can be helpful. And so the, the motivations that come from FOMO, but I feel like inherently it's a negative thing. Yeah, I think that there's some, uh, that's a really good positive side of it that I, you don't re- I haven't necessarily thought about that until this very moment. But where I gather information about the miniature hobby has spread and it's grown for me over the last, especially like year and a half, because where I find that's, a, a place is getting me good information like the um the kingdom kingdom night or kingdom death night market is a group on facebook that if there's any new news there's any new updates there's any there's a sale that's going to be going on there's a sale that's live now just open blah 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 like 
I, I've now tapped in and I've joined a group or follow somebody on Twitter or, you know, f I, I follow Spira Mirables on Instagram. So I get to see which new, you know, model he's going to have come out and what's the 48 hour period that it's going to be on sale for. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a great thing. That, there's an example. I think Spira is a great example of the potential positivity of, of, of FOMO is getting people aware of an amazing artist whose sculpting level is like off the charts and the FOMO is allowed um, whispers and spreading of information and all the stuff to give him more exposure to send people to, you know, to him when he has a new product out there. Cause really you've got to pre-order in 48 hours or you're never going to get that thing. Um, and I, that's a good thing. So how do you broaden and uh, create a more diverse uh, streamline of, of news and information for yourself and, and tailor it to what interests you, the most in your hobby i do feel guilty letting spira mirabilis get away with that positivity and not a company like games workshop right sure you know what i mean it's it's, it's I mean, easier to say it because it's a single person and right. is a massive billion dollar company um but you know there's still people there that are artists that are good making cool stuff yeah you know so i, I do feel a little guilty about that and i i did the same thing that you just did right then I, i'll i'll like attribute a positive thing to a small person and, and not give that same positive thing to a larger company but i don't think they're doing the same thing i think if games workshop had a well-known and then oh, right okay, on his sure. on, right on his website it's, it's got the countdown of the 48 hours you have to have to order if that's how the way dominion worked i wouldn't be mad at that. i would i would scratch my head as to that business model but at least i'd understand all the information where i stood sure because yeah. it's, it's it changes for different products it's just not entirely certain you don't find out until after the fact her city's a great example of that well that was that's an extenuating circumstance yeah, you oh. told you told me one thing and and now two weeks later after it's all gone you're telling me another thing hmm. um you know so yeah i i think it's just transparency sure i mean know? yeah i agree with that 100 percent yeah, and so from a positive side, FOMO is can be a good thing from a manufacturer that's using it for for them to create awesome stuff for us in the miniature hobby. Sure, you know that doesn't mean we have to adhere to it and buy everything, but um, if it helps them grow and, and keep in business and keep making those sweet sweet sculpts, that's an important thing to think about as humans. Is that just because something is negatively impacting myself doesn't mean that it isn't positively impacting someone else. Yeah. And that I can't air quotes suffer uh, on behalf of someone else, mm -hmm. uh, someone else's gain. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if this helps a company make the money they need to stay in business, but it's inconvenient for me, you know, that's okay. I like that. Wait a way to stay positive. It's Thank you. Be, I'm you a very just... positive person. Don't you know that? <laughs> Let's talk about why I suck at YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find anything extra in the... We covered it because I was going to do Kingdom of Death separate, but I think we integrated that well, that compare contrast, con contrast, contrast. Um, of those, those two different forms. In the comments below, is there another form of FOMO that we missed? Or is there a, a level of FOMO that you think is positive that we didn't talk about? Or there's a level of FOMO that makes you hot and sweaty in the pants and you hate it i don't know being hot and sweaty in the pants is a negative thing is that, you know i don't like it it's smelly right it's, it's like a swamp yeah no one likes swamps if anything regarding fomo gives you swamp ass <laughs> you, 
Put it in the comments below. Let us know. We are going to read those, and we're going to find some good FOMO stories out there. Do you have a good FOMO story of, like, where you just, like, totally regretted your purchase, and you're like, this was because of FOMO? Or, dude, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, me. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Oh, that's a great thing to talk about. Yeah. Not that this podcast needs to be any longer, <laughs> but the vampire shit, bro. Oh, Soul Blight. I bought all that Soul Blight stuff, and I like I don't have no plans for what I'm gonna paint it. Oh um, God, dude, the army's good now in 3.0. Like Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon is going to wreck. Okay, houses and families <laughs> and orphans all over the lands now. Yeah, but I bought that and I, I kind of regret it. Um, specifically, like the dragon centaur lady. I was like, I don't know if I want this, but I'm just gonna buy it so I have all the new stuff. Are you farting right now? I see the I see the fart lean. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit, a little tootsie, tootsie toots. Okay. Um, how about you? I yeah, I bought a lot of vampire stuff. And did I, you? What'd you buy? What was so? I'll tell you what I bought, and you tell me what you bought. Okay, go. I bought the. The vampire lady, the dragon, centaur dragon lady. I bought a zombie box. I bought a blood knight box. I bought the the oh. bat lady hair because I actually owe you one because we made a bet about Arnold Lazaro including white in a model. And you were right. There was no white in that model. And we bet that model. <laughs> we bet that hair. Good thing you said that because I do not remember that I conversation know. at all. I Yeah, I was... I've been aware of me being wrong for like at least four weeks and I haven't brought it up. Uh, so uh, I think that's it. I might have bought two boxes of the Blood Knights. Um, yes, that's a good call. Yeah, I think I have two. Poppers. Poppers. Wife is in Tennessee right now, so we have the dogs that are uh, barking at us because they're bored because they're not being let outside like my wife would do for us while we're recording the podcast. Okay. But yeah, how about you? I bought what? six boxes of zombies. <laughs> I bought a box of skeletons. I bought two boxes of dire wolves. I bought, oh, I have dire wolves too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're great models. I bought a box of fell bats, and I might need to buy more of those because I got to play on fell bats. You might need to. Yeah. I actually, prior to it coming out, uh, double double whammy for usage. I bought a flesh eater quartz start collecting box. So I got another vampire lord and zombie dragon and a unit of crypt flares. I bought a or excuse me, var guys. I bought a weird dragon centaur lady. I bought Bat Hair Lady. I bought uh, Radicar the Beast. I bought Belladonna Volga. I bought the book, uh, the, the War Scroll cards, and I might be missing something else. Yeah, I bought a lot, but I'm, I'm happy with myself. Okay. Because then I was like, oh, man, you're, you're I'm so happy. excited about the new orcs and their freaking stupid stumpy legs. I'm like, glad I didn't wait. Okay. So that would have given you buyer's remorse. Yeah, because I'm the army and and its core is still very very cool. The, the Soulbreak Gravelars, it doesn't it didn't quite do what I wanted it to do, but it's um it's it's still pretty awesome. And the zombies are amazing, so I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna be happy. This is gonna be my army. It's gonna be my, my army, or I'm gonna uh, take over the world and win every every tournament ever. Be the greatest SBG player ever. Yeah, SBGL SGL. Yes. All right, that's going to do it for FOMO. And FOMO is over, Mo. <laughs> All right, we are to the news and news. Oh, we don't really have. Yes, you told me we always I do news. I fucked it up. This is the second time in three episodes you fucked it up, and I'm going to blame you because I didn't think of it either. Fuck. Newsy news. We don't have a lot of newsy news. The way this gets edited, though, no one will know. What's funnier now? 
because they do know. Okay. You're going to see behind the curtain that the whiz is just us. <sighs> we're just the whiz. Just the cheese whiz. Actually, Amber's the true whiz. Who yeah, we're just she, the two she, she, t- she tapes it all together. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about Dominion. We already talked about Dominion. We did. You got a box. You opened the box. Do you have any other like reaction after you like open it and like, kind of look through the sprues and look through all the stuff in there? Do you have any? I wasn't super passionate about any of the mouse in there. Sure. Um I mean it's it's the exact same as as Indominus. It's got a fuckload of plastic in there, a cool book, um some rules and stuff. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't really there's a model I plan to paint. I got a video idea figured out. Um, but like otherwise I'm just gonna sell the box. It's just gonna be gone. I already sold it. The person already gave me the money for God it. damn it, Scott. You said you were going to buy one. No, I'm not going to buy one. Oh, fuck Garm's work. Two workshop. days ago, you were like, oh, it's available on this day. I'll just buy it. FOMO. Uh, FOMO's bad. Well, us talking through FOMO today led me to believe. Do I you want need, a model out of I there? I would maybe want a model for painting for a video, but that's fine, too. Doesn't matter. Do you want? I'll just take one, and I'll just reduce whatever I sold it for. It's my friend. It's Scott Hyman. He's the one I sold the Blood Angels to. Sold to. Right. Commissioned. Commission from. Yeah, All right, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Not now. We're live. We're live. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not not very passionate about the designs in there. Not that, that they're bad designs, but they're just not for me. Just not for me. Yeah. I'm the same way. I really really wanted the orcs to be cool, but they're like they're, they're just not cool. They're just they're, fucking shit. Their legs are stupid, stumpy, small. Their proportions are dumb. Hey, I'm not trying to yuck on anybody's yum. Uh, if you, think I will. They suck, and you shouldn't like them. I wish I liked them. I like them like 50%. I just wish that I liked them 70 or 80%. So and you could buy more models that you don't need? Yeah, that's that's the truth. And it's <laughs> Stormcast or Stormcast. So let's just slightly change the body style. I do like the new slimmer, more realistic um, Stormcast look other than those big old giant beefy dorks with shields. <laughs> They're pretty nasty looking and cool looking. But I like the Spellcaster wizard lady. Yeah, she's pretty cool and she's got the cool helmet. She's got a helmet? Yeah, she's got like a Star Wars helmet. I thought she was a, a naked head. She's got a Star Wars helmet. I think it's alternate alternate options. Okay. Um, next thing on the Newsy News, the next and final thing Ugh. is the MPO, the Miniature Painting Open, has concluded, which was a large online, probably the largest online miniature painting competition, that at least that I know of, it may not be, since the beginning of COVID. And the results have been put out. We're going to link a link a link to the video uh, where they go over. There's It's an open competition, meaning that if there are eight pieces that all deserve a bronze, all, all eight will get a bronze. Yes. And so on and so forth. I believe there was multiple golds in a couple of categories, but a lot of them only had one gold. There was also a standard category and then a master's category. So a standard was if you've never placed in a painting competition before or you're or you've never done one or whatever me you can enter that one and then masters were for you know the really good people or people that have placed before or that they haven't placed before like that's what you would do your ego would get in the way you'd be like I'm not going standard. I'm going masters. I want to go with the I would dogs. message Andy and be like, what should I do? And they talked about that in the video that they did have discussions and they did with the artists and said, you know, we actually think, you know, we he said there wasn't a lot about, you know, where it, they should be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
because sometimes it could be a mistake too. They just want to make sure. Yeah, and, and it's not like if I if someone went into a category, they couldn't just get moved around. Right. Um, but so yeah, yeah, it was really cool to see like all the winners and stuff. They didn't. If I don't recall. I don't know. They didn't have a best in show. It was all based on category, but it's just cool. There's a lot of entries. A lot of entries, um, dude. A lot yeah. load of entries, which is uh, great. Saw a couple Duchess entries. Uh, yeah. One of them placed, I think. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Nice. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm I pretty didn't watch sure. the video yet on what placed and stuff like um, that. We saw some amazing painters that had put stuff in there. Eric Swinson, our good... Our good buddy, he doesn't know our good buddy, but he is our good buddy, Dave Colwell. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot, all of these painters are our good buddies. Yeah, like we never talked to them. They, they don't know that they're our good buddies, <laughs> but there is always a bunch. Uh, good, uh, good buddy. Uh, shoot, what, what am I blanking on his name now? Ben Thomas. No, he didn't. I didn't see anything from Ben in there. You're good. Um, the the streamer miniatures down. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah Vincenzo. Vincenzo. I didn't mean to forget Celeste, your name. Yeah. I knew Vincenzo. I should have just said that and yeah. then thought of Miniatures Den, but he entered some stuff. He's an amazing painter and streamer on Twitch. So uh, it's just really cool. So check out that video. It's just interesting to have like a competition again. Got my juices flowing and ready for Golden Demon. So I'm glad that they put that on and they are already talked about plans for improving and doing it annually. So I love it when your juices are flowing. <laughs> All right, that's it for the nosy nose. Now is the part of the episode where we end the episode. And we shill. A lot. A lot. If you like the podcast and you want to support it, there are many ways that you can do that. One way, really the only way. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, a Patreon campaign. You know, those things where you give money to people. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, we have a $5 tier. Uh, which gets you access to an extended episode where you can hear us talk about things like new techniques we've tried and our experimentations and how they've gone, whether good or bad. We talk about other models painted by people that we like and why we like them that we've discovered in the last two weeks. We talk about uh, feedback. We don't talk about it. We give it uh, to one of our patrons, one an episode. So as a $5 patron, you give the opportunity to give us your models to get feedback live during an episode. And lastly, you also get to uh, give us uh, topics for us to discuss during episode, like uh, today's episode. Yeah. About FOMO. From Abel. From Abel, not Kane. Yes. Um, also, we do have a $1 tier as well. If you're like, uh, no, I don't give you guys $5, but I do appreciate I do listen. I do want you guys to keep doing it. You can just give us a buckaroonie, and then we can get us get us some tendies. Mm-hmm. We also have a uh, lots of merch uh, available um, with our logo and also other designs. Everything linked in the description or show notes below. Yeah. You can also like, thumbs up, tell your nerd friends about us, uh, get the get the hobby train a moving from the station, mm-hmm. and then they will listen, and then they will say, "I question our friendship." Yeah, because you recommended this trash, trash of a train wreck to me. <laughs> trash of a train wreck. Trash of a train wreck. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm waiting to find out what things in this episode Ben Cantor disagreed with. <laughs> the first episode since he said there are things that he didn't like and we said you have to mention them to us. Yeah. Not that he didn't like but he disagreed with our hot sure. takes. Our yeah. hot takes are the hottest of takes, yes. Benjamin. Yes. Fully, undis- fully unresearched total conjecture hot take. That's what we do when we do. And so that is going to be it for this fortnight. We thank you for joining us and giving just a little bit of your time, even less if you listen to us on 2.0 speed. But until next time, we'll catch you on the Flippity Fop.